Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 199.5, a replay of one of my favorite episodes from this year. And I am your host... And the guy who is on vacation with the family this week. And that is why we have a replay. And that is why this is episode number 199.5. Because I don't want it to be episode number 200. Which is a pretty big milestone in the podcast world. So as I mentioned this week I have a replay for you guys. And we're going to get right into that. But I have to tell you first that we are... 205 days, 10 hours, 29 minutes, and 23 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. 205 days. Keeps on ticking by. And it's kind of crazy because actually this is about 20 weeks since I played this episode for you guys originally. 20 weeks. It just does not seem like it's been that long because, well, I woke up last night dreaming about this turkey and sweating a little bit as well. But hey, we're going to go ahead and get into the replay. I hope you guys enjoy it and I will see you guys on the other side. So when you guys mentioned to me that you would like to hear turkey hunting stories from my season this year, I told you I would give you the good the bad, and the ugly. So today, (laughs) we have the bad and the ugly. Let's get into it. Thursday, March the 29th, I went to my property that I own in Chilton County, south of Birmingham, and I heard probably 20 total gobbles from three different turkeys all on neighboring properties, and they gobbled pretty well up into the morning, I'd say, until... 7.30 or so when one of my neighbors shot and then two turkeys gobbled in response to that shot and everything was quiet after that. So I packed everything up about 8.30 and headed to the office. I'm going to kill a turkey on that property this season. It is going to happen. I doubt it's going to be an early morning turkey. I've got the trail camera set up and it's taking pictures and I'm checking it, which is what I did not do last year. But last year I noticed that every picture I had of a gobbler on my 
property was taken between about 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. So I will get over there and kill one one morning or early afternoon, and it'll be soon enough. But let's move on. So Friday, March the 30th, my buddy Joey called me and invited me to go to his hunting club in Dallas County, which is west of Selma, with another one of our buddies, Drew. And Joey is new to turkey hunting. Drew's been turkey hunting for, I think, about eight to ten years now. And Joey's hunting club consists mainly of agricultural fields. Yes, I know you guys have heard me moan and groan about how there is really not any agriculture in Alabama. But there are still a few ag fields around. And there are actually quite a few in this part of the state. So I went with Joey to his property last season. And when we were there last season, it was later in the season. And the farmer who leases these ag fields from the property owner had actually sprayed them with herbicide. So all of the fields were dead, which means no weed seed coming up, no bugs in the fields, and the fields had not been disked up and replanted. So there was no new seed planted, crop seed. So I could tell while we were there that this property holds turkeys, but I felt like it was a better early season piece of property than it is a late season piece of property because of the farmer's farming practices. We did not have any luck last year. We did see a few hens and we actually called in two coyotes to our decoy setup, which was pretty interesting to see because one of the coyotes was running towards the decoys in the field like he was not really trying to catch one, but he was trying to herd them into the woods while the second coyote is running parallel with the other coyote, but the second coyote is about 25 yards inside the woods line. So it was pretty interesting watching the two coyotes hunt together and their, I guess, unspoken plan and their plan for herding those turkeys into the woods where the second coyote would be able to possibly jump on one of them and have a little meal. So that was pretty cool watching that. And I told Joey last season that I wanted an invite to go back this season, but I wanted to go earlier in the year than when we went in mid to late April. Joey's hunting club is set up perfectly to fan a bird in and kill him at seven or eight steps. But more importantly, the birds seem pretty fickle, and I'm guessing they're fairly transient depending on food sources. And now that I say that, all turkeys are that way. They are going to be where the food is plentiful. I wanted to go this season before the farmer sprayed herbicide on his fields and killed everything like we saw last year. So Joey invited me to join him and Drew Friday morning and you know how's a guy supposed to say no to someone who wants me to help kill a turkey on some prime turkey killing property so here's what happened we got to the property before daylight walked in along the woods line we got to a point along the tree line where the woods jut out into one of the ag fields a little bit and we stood there on that point and listened and listened and listened and listened and we didn't hear anything so it got past fly down time and we walked across the ag fields and normally i don't like to do that especially in the daylight but we would have had to have walked probably a mile and a half to get where i wanted to get 
to make some turkey sounds and see if we could spark a response. And we would have had to have walked that along the edge of the woods line and probably would have done more harm than we did by cutting across the ag field. So we cut across the ag field from one point where the tree line juts out into the ag field to another point where the tree line juts out into the ag field on the opposite side of the field. And when we got into that woods line, we walked down in that woods line a little bit. And this is just a little head of woods. It's probably 75, maybe 100 yards wide between two ag fields. We got in there about to the area where I wanted to get, which is actually where Joey and I set up the year before where we called the coyotes into us. And we got in that area And I looked at Drew and I said, call, make one gobble. So Drew calls and immediately gets cut off by a gobble. And the turkey's fairly close. Now, when I say fairly close, probably a couple hundred yards away. So we stood there for a minute and I said, Drew, call again. And Drew called again and the turkey cut him off again. This time the turkey sounded like he was closer. So we kind of start scrambling, looking for a spot to get. And I I send Joey and Drew up ahead of me closer to where we heard the turkey gobble in hopes that that turkey would walk out into the ag field and Joey would be able to get his first turkey. So Joey and Drew get set up on this good size oak tree, big enough for both of them. And I walk back down the edge of the ag field away from where the turkeys are coming about 20 or 25 yards. And I sit down inside the woods against a tree and I start to call. Well, I didn't get a response. And then about two or three minutes later, after I stopped calling, I heard something that I have never heard before in the woods. And I have heard hunters tell me that gobblers will soft gobble. And I have never heard that before until last Friday. That was very interesting because when that turkey that was at one point was 200 yards away and he gobbled and sounded very loud, when he walked out into that ag field, he gobbled at probably a third to a fourth the volume that he gobbled when he was 200 yards away. Like I said, I've never heard that before. I thought that was extremely interesting. I'm not even going to speculate at this point as to why that turkey would have soft gobbled, but at least now I can say I've heard it. So you heard me say that that turkey, when he came out into the ag field, he soft gobbled. So I can see this turkey through the tree branches in front of me. What I did not know at the time is that Joey and Drew could not see the turkey because of the tree that they set up on. It was not very open. There were some low-hanging branches on the trees that were on the edge of the ag field that were overhanging and blocking a good portion of Joey's view of the ag field. So he only had a couple of shooting lanes in there. Well, I'm watching this gobbler walk towards us down the tree line, and then I see the gobbler turn and start to walk away. So he's angling away from Joey at this point. Well, the turkey is probably 45, 50 yards from me and probably 30 to 35 yards away from Joey and Drew, but they just don't have a good shot on him. So that turkey gets a little nervous and continues angling away from us. Well, I didn't know it because I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention. When I saw that one gobbler, I was waiting on Joey to shoot. There was a second gobbler behind the first one. 
And the second one had come in and had gotten close enough to where Joey felt like he could get a shot at him. But that bird was very nervous and started to walk off. Well, about that time, I see an owl swoop down out of the trees with two crows behind him chasing him around and they are not five to ten yards from these turkeys and i think that kind of helped to push the turkeys along the turkeys were very nervous and and started running off and then all of a sudden i hear and i look over and i see joey racking the bolt on his shotgun that's never a good sign so come to find out joey had a misfire that when joey loaded his gun he didn't push the bolt of the gun far enough forward to fully engage it. And when the firing pin popped after he got the gun up to his shoulder and tried to shoot the second turkey, he tried to rack that shell out, put another one in to close the bolt all the way so he could get a shot at the turkey before the turkey ran off, but it was too late. The turkey had gotten away. So that was the extent of the excitement Friday. We had two gobblers within shooting distance of us and not a shot was fired. Bottom line is this. I had a heck of a time. Joey, I think, is still waking up around two or three o'clock in the morning, kicking himself in the butt because he didn't get a shot at that turkey. Part of the reason that I know that is because Joey's invited me to go with him tomorrow morning. So we're going to go check him out again and see if we can get him called in and get one of those birds shot, if not both of them. But my takeaways from that hunt are, of course, know your gear, make sure your gun is loaded, the bolt is closed, make sure your safety is on until you don't want it on, and always be as prepared as possible to take a shot on a turkey. And what I mean by that is when I'm sitting down against a tree, I'm sitting there with my gun propped up on my knee and my cheek on the gun to where I don't have to move a whole lot to get a shot off. Joey had his gun on his leg, but Joey was sitting on a stool. And so the butt of the gun was not against Joey's shoulder. So Joey had to raise that gun up. And I think with Joey's movement of raising the gun, the owl and the two crows, I think were just too much for those turkeys. And they just got nervous and left. So be prepared and know your gear. Know your gun. Make sure that gun is loaded and that you're familiar with it well enough to get your shot off on that turkey when you may not have much of an opportunity to take a shot. Now, I asked Joey after the hunt what happened, and Joey said that in his rush to get the gun loaded and get it loaded quietly and to get set up, he did not push the bolt of the shotgun all the way forward. And because of that, when he raised his gun and squeezed the trigger, instead of a great big boom, he got a little bitty click. Now, Friday night, for me, after church, it was off to my hunting camp in southwest Alabama. I wanted to go out of state. I wanted to go to Mississippi and hunt. But because I only had all day Saturday and early Sunday morning to hunt in order to get back in Birmingham in time for church on Sunday morning, I just figured... I need to go to my camp in southwest Alabama, hunt there, and then I can get back to town quickly without any issues. So I arrived at my hunting camp at almost midnight Friday night, jump into bed, wake up Saturday morning to get into the woods and hear about six different turkeys gobble. Now, it sounded to me like all of those turkeys, except for one, were definitely on neighboring properties. The one that 
I was not real sure about actually was on my property, but he's on the property line. He could have been on the neighbor's property because by the time that I got in the same neighborhood as him, he had shut up. And I actually think I spooked that turkey because when I walked into the area where I heard him gobbling earlier, remember by the time I got there, he had quit gobbling. So I wasn't real sure where he was. But when I got into that area, walked in that area, of course, I'm calling a little bit just to see if I can get him a a response to get a gobble or anything so I'll know where that bird is, but I'm not getting any kind of a response. And as I'm slipping through the woods, I look up and I see something white kind of go down the ridge and behind a tree. And the first thought that came in my mind was, that's a gobbler. That's his white head going down off the ridge and behind that tree. And I've spooked him. Well, not five seconds later, here comes a squirrel off the same tree that I saw the turkey, what I thought was the turkey, go behind and jump onto the ground and start digging around in the leaves for acorns or whatever it was it was eating. So I wasn't 100% sure that I'd spooked that turkey, but I really feel like just from the way that white flash moved through the woods and where it was, I felt like it was a gobbler. So I hunted until about 11.30 Saturday, and I walked back to the truck, headed to the camp for lunch because I had a few things I needed to do around the camp. Otherwise, I probably would have just eaten in the woods. It was a little bit warm Saturday. It wasn't really hot, but it was a little bit warm, and I probably could have hunted all day if I'd found me a good shady spot to sit in after lunch, but I decided just to go on in. Like I said, I had a couple of things at the camp I needed to do. So Saturday afternoon, I decided to go on a little bit of a journey, and I walked to a little piece of property that's part of our hunting club that's about 80 acres and it's separated from the majority of our land they actually touch corners our biggest piece of land touches corners with this 80 acre piece of property so the road winds all the way through the neighboring 80 acres before it curves onto our 80 acres and i get over there finally after walking probably an hour hour and 15 minutes and i'm looking around in the roads for any kind of turkey tracks. I'm looking in the edges of the roads for any turkey sign at all. And it's a virtual wasteland over there as far as turkeys are concerned. So there was no reason for me to waste any more time there. So I headed back. I walked all the way back to where I thought I spooked that turkey earlier in the day. And I'm walking and calling and I'm just messing around. I'm not in a hurry. What I'm trying to do is get into that area and just listen to see if I can hear that gobbler fly up and maybe, possibly, hopefully, get him to gobble on the roost. And if I can, then I feel like if I know where he is and he's in that area, I think that I know how to kill him. So I'm walking and calling and I'm walking down the road that runs west into the area where the turkey was Saturday morning, and I get about 40 yards from the woods line. I'm walking through, just kind of paint the scene for you here. I'm walking down this road where there's about six-year-old cutover, clear cut, to my left, which is south of the road. To the north, there is select cut hardwoods that's pretty well grown up. And about 20 yards to the north of the road, on my right-hand side, the land drops off and 
goes down into a creek bottom there. And that's nothing but hardwoods, but they're thick hardwoods because they've all been select cut. I'm walking west towards the property line, and right there at the property line, the neighboring property is hardwoods, beautiful hardwoods, open, perfect turkey habitat. But about 15 or 20 yards of our property that we have leased is the same type habitat. And it's a big, flat ridge up there. And this logging road that I'm walking on, where I've got select cut to my right or to the north, and I've got clear cut to my left that's terribly thick, this road runs and almost gets to the property line, and then it turns south and runs due south about 150 yards down the edge of the ridge, and it stops. It just dead ends into a little swampy area that's down there. Well, I get about 40 yards from where the road goes from running east-west and curves and starts running north-south, and I'm standing there messing around with an ant bed. Yes, when the turkey hunting gets slow, I get slow. And when I get slow, I tend to mess with ant beds, whether that's just stepping in them or kicking them over, or I'll go look for arrowheads, or I'll go do anything look for a deer that I shot at during deer season that I couldn't find or just anything to stay out in the woods, kind of keep my mind occupied, but slow me down and my ears and my eyes are still open. I'm still paying attention and I'm still listening. So I'm messing with this ant bed and I hear and I thought, well, here we go again. This is me hearing drumming sounds in my head when there's no turkey around. I'm good at doing that. And I hear, I said, okay, that was not in my head. And it's getting louder. So I'm standing on the edge of the road and I get my gun kind of half ready off my shoulder in both hands, finger not on the safety just yet, but in a fraction of a second, I can have the gun shouldered, safety off, and be shooting. Well, the drumming starts to get a little bit more faint. And when it did, I said, okay, I'm going to sit down on this oak tree just off the edge of the road that I'm on and call and see if I can get this turkey to come in. So I do just that. I sit down, I get set up, make a few yelps, clucks and purrs, and I get no gobble. But the faint drumming that I hear starts to get louder. And I'm watching, I'm keeping my eyes open for a turkey to come around the curve in the road that I'm on, or even to come to me through the woods. And then the drumming gets more faint and more faint and more faint. And then the drumming gets louder and louder and louder and then faint, faint, faint. And about that time, I'm thinking it's almost fly up time. At least I'll know where this turkey is for daylight in the morning because I've pretty well resolved the fact that he's not coming in to me. He wants me to come to him. He is in his strut zone and he's not leaving it this afternoon, but he's going to fly up very close to it. And he's going to be there right after fly down in the morning. And I'm thinking at this point in time, I love it when a plan comes together. A few minutes later, I hear a turkey fly up and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, all right, I kind of know the direction of where I heard that bird fly, but I would love to hear him gobble so I could get a better location on him. And then I hear... And I think I've got a pretty good spot on him, but I would love to hear him gobble again. About five minutes later. I 
know where he is. And I also know that I can't go anywhere because this five to six year old cutover that is between me and this roosted turkey is maybe enough to shield me from him, but I'm not taking a chance on it. I'm going to sit there until it's dark. Well, I'm going to sit there until it's as dark as it's going to get on a full moon night when the full moon is rising. So I do that. And when it gets dark enough to where I think I can leave the area without being seen, I get up and I slowly walk out of the woods and across the road that I'm on. And I get as close to that line of six-year-old cutover that I can get. And I took about two steps towards the truck. And I said, no, I'm going in to the woods where that turkey was drumming, where I'm pretty sure he's going at fly down and I'm going to find the tree that I'm going to sit against tomorrow morning. And that is exactly what I did. I very quietly and slowly walked down the road towards the property line. The road turned to the south and I stood there and I found the tree that I wanted to get on Sunday morning. The tree I wanted to get on was about 10 yards off of the logging road. And this logging road has a blowdown across it. The blowdown is a tree that has fallen over where the trunk is broken about five feet off the ground. And where that part of the tree is across the road, there's probably four feet between the bottom of the tree and the ground. A turkey could walk underneath it perfectly. I can crouch down and walk underneath it without a problem. So on the far side of the road, the top of the tree is on the ground. And the tree that I picked to sit against is about five yards from this blowdown. And my thought was this, that when that gobbler pitches down Sunday morning, he's going to land in that logging road. And I think that he's going to land on the south side of that blowdown. He's roosted on the south side of that blowdown. So I don't think he's going to fly across that blowdown and land in the logging road. I think that he's going to fly just short of it and land in the logging road. And that will put me about 10 yards from him. Now, that's much closer than I want to be. But I felt like if I got further to the north of the blowdown, when that turkey flies down, that the blowdown may keep him from coming into me, into my calling. So I needed to be somewhere where I could sit and get a shot at him when he was on the south side of that blowdown after he flew down. So I had my tree picked out and I slowly and quietly slipped out of the woods, hugged the edge of that five to six year cutover, and in the very bright moonlight, walked back to the truck, got back to camp ate dinner, and went straight to bed. I went to bed at 9.30 because I wanted to be sitting against that tree an hour before dawn's crack began to show. So I got up at 4.15 Sunday morning and threw all my stuff in the truck, and I happened to notice that the moon was still up and still bright, and I was fully expecting that. The sky was crystal clear, there was no wind, and the temperature was I'd say in the mid to upper 40s. It was a perfect night weather-wise that I knew was going to lead to a perfect day weather-wise. And I just so happened to have convinced myself that that turkey was dying Sunday morning. I have always had very good luck on Easter morning and 
on April Fool's Day. I can't remember ever hunting on a Sunday that was April Fool's Day and Easter, but I knew it was going to be good because if you combine Easter and April Fool's, I've got a lot of success on those days, and I just had a good feeling about Sunday morning. But I kept having to try to reel myself back in. You know, there's a million things that can go wrong in a hunt like this. That turkey may not even be in the same spot when dawn begins to crack. Something may have come through there that night and spooked that turkey off the roost, and that turkey could be a quarter to a half mile away. I could get in there and make too much noise and spook the turkey off the roost. But there there's just a gauntlet of things that could go wrong. So I kept trying to reel myself back in. This turkey is not dead, but this turkey is dead. I know what this turkey's going to do. There's zero question in my mind as to what this turkey's going to do. So after I load the truck, because I'm not going back to the camp after the hunt, I know I'm going to have limited time to jump in my truck, get two hours back to Birmingham, get showered, get dressed, and get to church at 11 a.m. So I throw all of my things in the truck Sunday morning, drive to the area that I'm going to hunt, and I start walking down the road towards the property line where the turkey's roosted, and I slip quietly into the area where the turkey's roosted. Now, I'm not saying you have to do this, but when I am sneaking into an area like that where I know I have a turkey roosted and I know there's a chance that that turkey may wake up while I'm walking in or may already be awake when I'm walking in, I like to make myself as small as possible. So I'll often crouch and walk or even crawl into an area. So I get into the area where the logging road turns to the south. I see the blowdown in the moonlight. I look to my right and I see the tree that I identified as my setup spot. And I quietly moved in that direction. I walked about 15 feet and I noticed the property line fence was right in front of me. And when I say right in front of me, it's a three strand fence. The top two strands were broken and I was just about to trip over the lower strand of barbed wire of that fence on my way to my setup tree. Fortunately, I saw that before I stepped into it and got my momentum going forward and couldn't stop. Remember the story from a few weeks back? I have terrible balance and I didn't want to fall. But I saw it, realized the tree that I had picked was on the other side of the property line. I did not even think about that Saturday night. Remember, there is a gauntlet of things that can go wrong. So I have to alter my plan slightly that I had laid out Saturday night. And I look for another tree to set up on. I don't like any of the trees on the right-hand side of that road, on the west side of that road where I'm standing. I don't really like any trees on the east side of the road, across the road from where I'm standing. And so I am quickly in my head trying to find a spot to sit down to set up because I don't want to be standing there when that turkey wakes up because there's a real good chance he'll be able to see me. So I pick out a tree that is actually just to the south of the blowdown that's across the logging road. And when I say just to the south of it, I mean that the tree that has fallen over across the road is actually leaning up against the tree that I want to sit on. So I've identified that tree now as the tree that I want to set up on. I know in my head that that puts me closer to where the turkey is roosted. Not really what I want to do, but I feel like at that point, it's 
pretty well my best option. So I quietly make my way to the tree. I sit down. There's a couple of small saplings up against the tree that I have to cut with my pruners. I cut those. I lay them on the ground very quietly. I sit down. I get adjusted. I get ready. And then I hear... That little call right there was that gobbler's alarm clock. Because about 60 seconds later, I hear... And I'm not going to pull my phone out of my pocket to look at the time, but my best guess about the time is that it's probably about 5.20 to 5.30 in the morning. It's not even gobbling time until 6.05 to 6.10, and he is drumming on the roost. He drums for about 45 minutes before I hear... And I haven't listened to the whole recording to count the number of times that he gobbled while he was on the roost, but it was probably about 50 times because he started gobbling a few minutes after 6, and he flew down a few minutes after 7. But in the meantime, before he flew down, I'm sitting there when I hear him gobble the first time, and now I'm trying to get a visual on him because... He's close. He is not in the tree that I thought he was in when I heard him gobble Saturday night. And so I'm trying to get a visual on him. And I'm looking through the trees, looking through the trees. And now I'm moving around a little bit because I don't think that gobbler can see me. That gobbler sounds to me like he's probably 70 yards away and there's some trees between us. And I feel like I can get away with a little bit of movement. So I'm moving my head a little bit, moving my eyes, looking for him, looking for him, looking for him, and I can't find him. And he's gobbling steady at this point. And at one point, he gobbles five times in a row when some owls get fired up. is pretty fired up. Finally, after looking for him for what seemed like 15 or 20 minutes, I saw a little bit of movement. And that turkey is roosted in a tree, low in a tree, probably the first limb off the ground in the tree that he was roosted in, and about 60 or 70 yards dead in front of me at 12 o'clock. And he's standing on the limb, and he'll go down and strut and drum, and he'll come back out, look. He'll go back down, he'll strut and drum, and come back out, and he'll look. Strut and drum, gobble, gobble, strut, drum. Everything that you want to see happen in front of you, I got to watch that turkey do on that limb for about 30 or 45 minutes. While I'm waiting on him to fly down, to my right, I hear... And he gobbles. I only heard one turkey fly up Saturday afternoon. Now I know there's at least two turkeys in there. And that hen is close. How close? I don't really know. But the hen is close. After I hear that hen yelping off and on for about five minutes, I see some movement to my right. And I cut my eye to my right. And I look up in the tree, and I see a hen. And she's looking around, and she's moving 
a little bit up and down the limb, and she's looking, she's calling. And I'm thinking at this point that there's pretty well no way that that hen has not seen me because there's nothing between me and her, not even a twig from a branch between me and her. Remember when I said there's a gauntlet of things that could go wrong that I kept having to reel myself back in? Roosted is not roasted. We never know what a wild turkey is going to do, but I knew what that wild turkey was going to do. That wild turkey gobbler was going to fly down in that logging road. I'd convinced myself of it. So I am now keeping an eye on the gobbler in front of me and keeping an eye on the hens to my right. Hens, because there were two. It's getting to be fly down time. I see the first hen start to get a little bit nervous. That whole, all right, I'm going to go now. No, 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 don't go, don't, don't go, don't go. Don't just stay up here all day. No, seriously, I've got to fly down. No, don't fly down. I can do this. I did it yesterday. No, you can't do it. I did it yesterday, and I can do it again today. I've got this. All of a sudden, she takes off from the limb and sails away from me and away from the gobbler. She didn't just fly down. She flew off. The second hen pitches off the limb and follows her. Two things happened at that point. I'm not going to claim to be some great interpreter of a wild turkey's body language, but when I tell you, you literally could see the air leave that gobbler sail when those two hens flew off. His whole world was disrupted. Why in the world would they leave me? I have been sitting here on this limb, drumming and strutting and gobbling for over an hour. Why would they leave me? About 60 seconds goes by, and I notice the gobbler getting that little wobble to him. I'm going to fly down. No, 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 no. Don't, don't fly down. Don't do it. Don't do it. But I did it yesterday. I can do it again today. No, you can't. You'll break a wing. You'll break a leg. Don't do it. Don't fly down. But I have to fly down. I'm hungry. I've got to get something to eat. There's girls around here. I need something. I've got to have something. I can't get it on this tree limb. Fly down. Here's what happened. turkey pitches off the limb, he starts my direction. He's flying down into that logging road. I'm on the edge of that logging road. He's flying straight towards me. When the turkey gets about 10 yards from me, he starts to backpedal with his wings to slow down a little bit. You know how they do. You've seen doves do. You've seen ducks do that. You've seen geese do that. You've probably seen wild turkeys do that. And when they do that, they start that backpedaling. They're standing almost straight up and down in the air. Their heads are stuck up about a foot and a half above their body. And I thought, shoot him now. Don't. And I didn't. All of a sudden, the turkey tilts his wings to his left, which is to my right, and he keeps coming. And he is now coming directly at me. 
When that gobbler hit the ground, I'm probably exaggerating when I say this, he was six feet from my gun barrel. And when I say I'm exaggerating, he might have been five. He might have been four. When that turkey was coming at me, I went from being in a ready-to-shoot position to, holy crap, he's about to land in my lap. What am I going to do? To where I was not on the gun any longer. My cheek was off the gun. I was not aiming that gun any longer. I'm now in defense mode. The turkey hits the ground. I know I have no time. Click the safety off. I swing my gun to the right. And I missed, and the turkey immediately takes about one or two steps. I shuck another shell on the gun, and the turkey takes off to fly. And, well, I'm not even going to talk about the second shot. So I spent about an hour or so looking around for the turkey in case I'd hit it and couldn't find the turkey. That hunt played out pretty much exactly like I thought it was going to play out in my head, except for the last five seconds of the hunt. I have had turkeys fly down towards me and land close to me before. Remember the two-step turkey story that I told about a month or so ago? But I had never had one fly in and land six feet from my gun barrel. Okay, so there are a couple of things that I know I did wrong in hindsight. I told you guys, good, bad, and ugly. This is the ugly. I want you to learn from my mistakes. Mistake number one, and this also is the same mistake that was made in my Friday hunt by Joey and Drew. We have to take the time to pick the best setup spot. We cannot rush to pick out a spot to set up. Where we set up on a turkey hunt determines, I would say 80 to 90% of it determines whether or not that hunt is going to be a success. I should have not gotten closer to where I thought the turkey was roosted when I realized my ideal setup spot was on the neighbor's property. I should have backed up even 15 or 20 yards and found a different tree to sit against. Mistake number one. Mistake number two. At about six feet, I think that my best plan of action was to just drop the gun and body shoot that turkey. Where the head comes out of the body, but more into the body. I could have pointed the gun at that turkey at that distance and likely hit it. Instead of trying to hit something the size of a golf ball, moving very quickly back and forth at six feet when your pattern coming out of that 20 gauge is about the size of a quarter. Those are two big mistakes that I made. But I'll tell you what I got out of that hunt. I got to watch a wild turkey do what wild turkeys do. I got to enjoy him strutting and drumming and gobbling on the tree limb for an hour plus. I got to watch him pitch down and land about six feet from my gun barrel. And I got a little bit of confirmation about two things. Number one, again, and I said it last week, and I may say it again next week. Roosted ain't roasted. Number two, I think I still know a thing or two about wild turkeys, where they want to be, what they want to do. Oftentimes, they are creatures of habit. Sometimes, they are so unpredictable that they don't even know what they're going to do second to second, much less 
you or I try to figure out what they're going to do from second to second. But when turkeys are just being turkeys, there are some constants. That logging road was an obvious strut zone. He was in there strutting Saturday afternoon. He was there Saturday morning, gobbling and strutting, I'm sure. I know he was gobbling, but I'm sure he was strutting. There was nothing to disrupt that pattern. He was back in there Saturday night, roosted in probably the same tree he was roosted in Friday night, but yet I was there to disrupt his habit Sunday morning. So there you have it. There's the ugly part of this week's recap. Monday morning, April the 2nd, I went to a piece of property that I have leased west of Birmingham, and I heard absolutely nothing and i saw virtually no turkey sign at all and then tuesday morning i went to a different piece of property that i have leased west of birmingham where i heard absolutely nothing but i am at least starting to see some sign of turkey on that property so i'm hopeful there This is only my second year to hunt that piece of property, and so I'm not 100% sure if it's a late-season piece of property, you know, a late-season place that the turkeys go. The hens are nesting in that type of habitat, so the hens start to come in there to look for a place to nest, and of course the gobblers are going to follow them. It could be that that piece of property is that way, and so if that's the case, then that little piece of property, as bad as it's been the first half of season, it ought to be awesome the second half of season. We will see what happens there. So Wednesday morning, April the 4th, I did not hunt. That is the second morning that I have missed this season so far. I went to my Wednesday morning work meeting and had a productive meeting. That was good, but we did have a little front come through Tuesday night, which cooled the temperatures way down, and it was a little windy Wednesday morning, so I don't know how much I missed, but any morning I miss in the turkey woods is a bad morning as far as that's concerned. But again, just like last week, work beckons and we do what we have to do. So there you have it, the recap of this week's turkey hunts, and I am hopeful that maybe the weather is going to act right, finally, hopefully, maybe, and maybe the turkeys are going to start to act right, finally, hopefully, maybe, and the coming week and coming weeks are going to be very productive and very fun and very exciting, and I'm fired up about that. Okay, I hope that you guys enjoyed the replay of my only miss from the 2018 spring turkey hunting season. And yes, as I mentioned before, it's one that still kind of wakes me up at night, but it was a great hunt because it was a great experience. And I just can't kick myself in the rear end too terribly hard about that. All right, so next week, I'll be coming to you guys with another original episode. But for now, I am going to sign off and get back out there on the beach with my family. So I have to say thank you guys very much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Beep.
Okay, Thanks that is all in. that I have for you, you guys for the free portion the of this week's podcast. episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. If you would like to become, if you would like to hear the rest of this week's episode, then all you need to do is become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. And in order to become a subscriber, all you have to do is text the word Turkey Hunter. Text that to the number four four. Two, two, two. Make it one word. On turkey hunter. And text that to the number four four two two two. Once you do that, well I will send you instructions on what you need to do to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. So if you can follow instructions, you can become a subscriber and hear the rest of this week's story, as well as hear the premium content for our last, for our next 52 weeks, as well as all of the premium content for all of our past episodes of the Turkey Hunter podcast. So now that you know how to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast, I have to tell you that I'm signing off. I'm getting back out there on the beach with my family, and I have to tell you also, and I thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye.